Uh, another episode where I talk about day trading, but I don't talk about tra- day trading. I talk about lawyers and eBay. Fast forward to the third segment. I'll tell you how to do it. Don't be greedy. Buy extra time. Buy it close to the money. Study those charts. Put it in a line graph. That's all there is to it. Hello. <clears throat> Welcome. Something VR podcast. Uh, I need to drink something here. I'm making some coffee. All right. So some people have been kind of ticked that I put that these are like day trading episodes and they're not. So today we're actually going to do a, a real day trading episode. It's not going to be all nitty gritty, but we're going to do one. And I'm not going to really talk about anything besides trading. It's probably going to be shorter, but it's going to be focused here. Mostly, mostly. We're just going to get this coffee going. Dude, the best part of waking up really is Folgers in your cup. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Blink Bear Podcast. It's 12 7 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 37.34. It's down 14 points, down 4 tenths of a percent. Today's open was 37.63.52 with a high of 37.78.18. Today's low is 37.31. We are four points off of the low right now. The previous, pre, excuse me, previous close yesterday of 37.49.63. We're in for a hot one today. What does that mean? What does that mean we're in for a hot one? What are you talking about? Oh, hey, it's a bitter day trader. What's up, bitter day trader? What's going on with you today? Well, you said it was going to go up yesterday, and it didn't go up yesterday. You said it's going to go up today. It's still down. My patience with you is running pretty, pretty thin right now, playing. What does it mean we got a hot one today? Hey, that's understandable. Um, we got a hot one. Remember in Ghostbusters when Janine hits that bell? And she goes, we got one. Bling. I'm sick of your shit. It's kind of like a mix of... It's probably like an older version of me. If you could imagine such a thing. Bitter at the man. Bitter at everything. Pretty desperate. I still prefer Duncan, but I, I like Folgers too. All right, all right. I'll tell you the secret to trading and day trading. And there's really no secret at all. I've talked about it before, previous episodes. There was one, I think I said, Gordon Gecko is wrong. Greed is not good. Greed, you don't want greed. Greed is what is ruining you. Um, I've been trading for a while. I've been into the market for a while. I got it once and... It took me years to achieve. Between November and April, I was on a trajectory, honest, to be a millionaire. Easily, easily a millionaire. It was the most money I've ever made in my life. In my life. It was... It. <clears throat> this is a true story. I went to my brother's wedding back in October. Well, I quit my... I quit my job on, okay, wait, hold on. Just forget I'd start. Let's just start from right here, okay? Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining into the Bling Vera podcast. We're here talking about day trading, day trading 101, how to be successful. All right, that's better.
So I went to my brother's wedding on October 23rd, I believe it was. And how do I describe this? I realized that day, like how short life was. And I realized what I was doing in my life was not what I wanted to be doing at all. I've been through some shit. I've had my ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. Life's not perfect. And there's no, nobody's ever making like just no mistakes. Um, arguably Jesus Christ or other religious figures might have gone through their life without making um, enormous mistakes like myself. I've made some pretty big mistakes. I've gotten involved with some pretty bad people. And I don't mean that like running on the street and selling fake goods and stealing money. Bad people as in bad intentioned people who only care about themselves. Type A personalities who will scratch and claw and kick their way to the top at the expense of everyone else but themselves just to make themselves look better. I mean, at anyone's, anyone else's expense type of bad people, eBay executives type people. My, the table I was at, I could overhear a conversation and it wasn't just some guy making it up. It wasn't just some loon off the street. And this is a, a very nice wedding. And these are very respectable people. No, they're, they're professionals. They're retired professionals and real professionals, um, advanced degrees, uh, you know, worked at the same place for years. And, you know, people that retired from the job that they first got out of college, professionals. And they're talking about their kids and they're talking about whatever. Some of them are probably exaggerating a little bit about, about the success of their children. And um, <clears throat> some of them are probably not. And I'd say the majority of this, the tall tales. Now, the majority of the stories at that table were true. Some of them might have exaggerated a little bit in like how much everyone liked their kid. <laughs> or like, uh, I, I don't know, stuff like that, you know? Like how parents do. They hit a home run and a grand slam and they won the game for everyone. He was, he was on third base when you know, he, he scored the winning run. But, you know, anyway. No, nobody's lying and no one's whatever, but everyone's trying to make themselves, make them, no one's gonna say I'm a loser, my family's a loser, my life is a joke. <clears throat> no one's gonna do that, not at a wedding either. No, but the one thing that I, that stood out to me when I say I made more money than I could have ever imagined, I was more successful than I could have ever imagined, all on my own, completely 100% all on my own, okay? It was, it was, um, and this is before I tasted any success, before I tasted anything, but I was still struggling. I was still working at a, a very, very shitty job full time. I think the only thing, the only good thing was that I had weekends off. And I liked this guy. I, I didn't know him. I just met him at the wedding for the first time. Um, but he's one of those people, he looked um, not like Dennis Quaid. Randy Quaid, he looks like Randy Quaid, but like a professional Randy Quaid. And very, um, 
his wife was very, his wife, she was very pretty, but she um, also just knew how to like, communicate with people very well. Um, she's one of those people that you feel comfortable around and you know that she's actually nice. You know, you could probably ask her for anything and she'd probably help you out, honest. Um, that sort of maternal, caring, like motherly instinct um, that you can pick up on sometimes. It's like a soft, it's a soft voice, it's a, it's a gentle touch. And uh, she presents herself well and it's just, they're not ripping people off, they're not dishonest people. I trust his wife immediately, right off the bat. I was glad to meet her. When the conversation's dying, she doesn't say, so where are you, where are you from, what do you do? She's not that type of person. She'll start talking about something interesting, <laughs> actually interesting. And if it's about herself or it's about whatever, but she'll find something that's not boring. She's not gonna talk about the weather. That's just the type of person that she was that's out there in the world. Hey everyone, thanks for joining the Spoon Bear Podcast, 12.17 p.m. market time on Tuesday, June 14th. S&P 500 right now is at 37.36, down 13 points, down 35 tenths of a percent or something. Down almost four tenths of a percent. <clears throat> and don't worry, I have to drag it out. I have to make some money off this podcast. And so I have to, I have to do what I have to do. If I have to monetize each other, so I don't monetize each other. If I have to drag it out for an extra minute on the first segment, then that's what I have to do. But the thing that like stood out to me during that conversation at that table that I was not really even a part of, I was just kind of there eating <laughs> and realizing like, like I'm going to quit my job is what I'm thinking this entire time at the table. And then when I go in to work, Next week, I'm going to quit my job. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm realizing how important life is to me. At that, at, at that table, at that moment, on that Saturday. I was like, that's... Life is way more important to waste any more time doing something I don't want to do. All right, all right, second segment time. No, like why, I, they call it the, the great resignation, I think. And it, it's everyone quitting their jobs after COVID or during COVID or um, the fallout of COVID getting laid off, whatever. Everyone realized that life is short and things can happen that you don't expect. <clears throat> and life is painful too, life is pain, life is only pain. According to the emo kids, the goth kids on South Park, life is only pain. The people at work were somewhat nice. There was some politics there that I didn't agree with. I think people were leveraging their, I wouldn't even call it talent. People were leveraging and withholding their knowledge from others just to make sure that they remained in control. And it's not even really like a knowledge. It's like a made up sort of procedure. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It was, it, it was sketchy. Professional company, though. Like, cutting edge, kind of, even. Yeah, I know. I think some of it was made up, too, how cutting edge, but whatever. That's a tech company for you. Biotech. And when I was hired onto that job, like, I was lied to. I was, like, I was just lied to my face. To get someone in that position, to get someone to get that position filled, 
to get someone overqualified in that position. Um, hopefully get someone desperate, I guess, in that position. I'm not sure. I wasn't all that desperate, I, to be honest. <laughs> I was just doing what everyone was telling me to do, like I have been um, my entire life, pretty much. Uh, I was doing what everyone told me to do. You need to get a job. You need to be a man. You need to get a job. You need to be a real man and get a job. That same person that told me that got me fired from a job six months later. I get a job, like a career. I start a career and I get fired from it six months, six months later. From the same person who says, you need to be a man and get a real job. So I get a real job. And uh, I got fired from that job because this person made something up. They lied. I had to get it dismissed in court. And I did. <laughs> I ran circles around them. Made them look stupid. I even brought it up during that hearing. I said, you told me I needed to be a man and get a real job. No, oh, you're mischaracterizing. <laughs> Objection, your honor. He's mischaracterizing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, sure, guy piece of shit all lawyers go straight to hell in case you're wondering so i was just doing what everyone told me to do and i so i got a full-time job doing something i didn't want to do but at my brother's wedding and just seeing everyone's happy faces and these retired professionals um and their fancy cars and they're like pretty wives who they could trust and we're good at communicating with people, nice people, not bad people. And honestly, the, the, one of the high points of my life was that dismissal of fake charges and in the courtroom with not, without a lawyer, I didn't, fuck, what do I need a lawyer for? If I'm telling the truth and this dude's taking the bait, all I have to do is just sit there and tell the truth. I, I tried to leave hints, I think, a lot along the way um, with this person, and they still just kept pushing the limits, and I was like, they think I'm not going to follow through with this. <laughs> like, they think I'm not serious. And they kept going with this, like, like this idea that they were going to get away with something that was illegal. I don't care to do all the illegal stuff you want to do, but just don't do it to me. If you do it to me, I'm going to catch you and you're going to get busted for it, period. It might take longer. It might not take very long. But if you're over here, like, I don't know. How many days are we into June now? Is it two weeks? God damn it. For a short time, for a brief time there, it was peace and quiet. I don't know what this shit's about. Sounds like they've recruited other freaking children. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Bling Jar Podcast. It is 12.27 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 37.36, down 13.5 points, down 
36 tenths of a percent. High today of 37, 78, 18. You guys ready for this thing to go up? 12.28 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 37.35, down 14 points. Not going up. No, I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised here. All right, I'm going to get a little bit more comfortable here. Sit down and we'll start talking about it next to the window. How about that? I heard a little bit of Kiefer there. You guys hear Kiefer Sutherland? All right, we good? Yeah, they must have... Well, the other, over the weekend, I could hear, like, coaching of these children, of the parents and the children. And I could only, I was only listening. I was not looking or anything. But if I could turn my ears off, like, if I could close my ears, like, I can close my eyes, I wish I could. I wish I could. And not hear anything, just the same way you cannot see anything during a scary part of a movie or something. I would have my eyes shut all the time, or my ears shut all the time, if I could with those kids. <clears throat> One thing we've learned in this situation over these past two weeks here in this June, when we shouldn't have even been here, is um, I'm not ever going to have children, ever. I think it's probably one of the cruelest things you can do is bring someone into this world right now and have them suffer through everything that's going on. Because even if they do start to make it, their screams still bleed through when they do make it, making podcasts. No, but one of my greatest memories, greatest achievements, just all time plan came together without any monetary value or any reward for me other than just <laughs> displaying to two people who thought that they could just get away with anything they wanted to. They could say anything they wanted to, make up anything. <laughs> and they had the money to do it. They knew I didn't have the money to do it. They knew I didn't have the money to do it. So, it was... I represent myself. I've been working at this for, uh, how long had it been? I think I started, this, this lawyer um, came out of the woodwork around, I think it was October of 2020. And something that I was trying to do in an honest way and do in a civil way. Uh, he had issues with that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his deal was. Um, well, he wanted billable hours. That's what his, his, his deal is billable hours. He will lie and do anything for billable hours, right? So I picked up on that pretty quick when uh, I was trying to do something in October and I got this message about what I was doing, and I kind of, I kind of found found it hard to believe. But I knew right then I was like, okay, this dude's after billable hours, and he's not a good person. <laughs> he's not up to good things at all. Um, he's trying to start shit, and he knows I don't 
what am I going to do about it? Um, right? Let's, what's Bling going to do about it? What's he going to do? Can't do shit. So, for six months, I'm letting this guy run with the ball. Just like eBay, just like eBay. He's got his head so far up his own freaking butt. He, he ran with the ball like so far away that he, he thought like, Well, I'll tell you what I wanted him to think. I'm not sure what he was thinking, because we'll never know. Um, but I wanted him to think he could beat me easily. I wanted him to think I wouldn't show up. And I wanted him to think that I was scared. And I, I'm pretty sure I succeeded in that. And I wanted him to do all the work for me. And so how do I do that? Well, I just, hey, I give in to his threats. Whatever he wants to say, whatever you want to do, guy. That's your, that's your call. I know you're all about billable hours, so whatever you want to make up and cook up, that's great. Let's do it. And, and yeah, I'm not taking your threats seriously at all because I know they're bullshit. Except that I didn't say that. I just sent him a letter that doesn't make sense, some nonsensical letter to quote him every day. No, I have a video of it. I would... uh would say and here's a, a letter to my fan club and mail it out a tangible handwritten billable hour just for you guy every single day another billable hour just that's all yours here you go read it read up uh, just nonsensical letters and and once again if a lawyer just can't stop saying objection, they lied to their client. If they don't know what they're doing in the courtroom, they're, they're the ones who are scared and getting sweaty because <clears throat> they know they lost. And they're trying to stall. They're trying to hypnotize the judge. They're trying to take up as much time as they can. They're trying to piss off their opponent. They're trying to emotionally rattle them if they can out of desperation in, in the courtroom in the courtroom in front of a judge I think most judges most judges can see like right through that shit and they know what's going on I think if it's a honest judge like they're gonna know pretty much from the start what's going on and as long as you tell the truth and don't get caught in their stupid traps not the judges traps get caught, the judges didn't have traps, and the other lawyers' traps, your opponent's traps, as long as you don't get caught in that, like emotionally, or say something, an outburst, you're gonna win. There's no doubt about it. If you don't win, you can peel it, and then you're gonna win. There's a lot of... How do I put this? There's a... There's a lot of tactics. There's a lot of tactics that people will use out of desperation. And one of them is trying to push someone's buttons when they know they're on the ropes. When they know there's no way that they can win. It's a hail merit. It's desperation. Objection, Your Honor. Objection, Your Honor. Objection, Your Honor. 
And when that starts to fall through and not work, and they know it, and they're, okay, what am I talking about again? I'm trying to hypnotize a judge. Why can't they win? Because they're up against someone who's not a lawyer and they're not giving into their stupid tactics. It's someone who's smarter than them. Both of them. The, the attorney and the, their client. Both of them. Stupid. Dumb as shit. Six months in the making. Told me to get a job. I go and get a job. Get fired from that job because this dipshit makes up some, some fucking lies. That sucked. That was probably the most humiliating experience besides lately being completely broke when eBay stole money from me. And looking like a total dipshit expecting this money from a dishonest corporation. The two most humiliating experiences of my life were those two. Starting a career, landing it, landing it, freaking like lottery ticket, getting fired because someone made up a lie. All right, great. <laughs> it sucks, dude. It sucks to get kicked at the finish line every single time like that. What are you gonna do? Well, I'm not gonna ask for any money, because who cares? Let me just light them up in the courtroom, please. I'll have them do all the work. They can file their fake charges. Great. Fantastic. No, I don't have to file shit. No, I can just go in there and defend myself and light these two up. These two dipshits. Hey everyone, thanks for joining the Blame Podcast. It is 12.47 p.m. market time, the S&P 500 right now. Is at 37.31, down 18 points, down 5 tenths of a percent, one half percent. You guys ready to go up? Oh, speaking of eBay, yeah, it's down 1%. And eBay's going to keep continuing going down, in case anyone's wondering. Well, how do you know that, Bling? How do you know eBay's going to keep going down? Well, look at their company. All right, I think we can get the screams a little bit clearer here, so hopefully we can have those bleed through. Bling, when you get to the point, you listen to your bullshit all the way to the third segment. Now get to the freaking point. How do we... Day trade these freaking options, please. October 26th, I got some bad news. And I walked out of my job that day. I just got up and left. I didn't say bye to anyone. I didn't do shit. I made sure not to leave anything behind. I did not want to ever go back into that building ever again. I hated it. Just the thought of it. The thought of it makes me sick. That job. Realizing that people will lie to your face to get you to work for them. Uh, They'll lie about their operation. They'll lie about everything that they do. As long as they get you on the team. And as long as they can exploit, like, your abilities. That shit sucks. Um... And I was realizing how much I've thrown my life away. Uh, I've gone so many years uh, battling uphill and 
clawing and scratching and doing whatever and just constantly kicked, right? And at my brother's wedding, I, I come to all these realizations during that time, just seeing everyone's like glowing face. I love October here in Utah. The fall in Utah is like my favorite time of year. I don't know if it is anymore, probably not. I think that's kind of morphed into the spring now. Spring of 2021 is probably the best. Like the last good memories that I have, besides the short months between November and April of 21 and 22. <clears throat> I knew how I was, I was making an hourly wage and I started this approach to trading called anti-greed. Anti-greed approach. I don't know where it went. I don't... Well, it... It was born out of desperation. And it worked out of desperation, but I had to be so disciplined. And it's... The thing that's going to keep you from trading is greed and, and lack of discipline. Desperation. Making exceptions. I think hard and fast rules are important. But you also have to be able to, like, adapt and maneuver and do things on the fly, really. And if you can't, it's going to be difficult. It's still possible, but it's going to be more difficult. Basically, there's no secret. There's no secret to trading. There's no, like, magic formula. Not that I found. Not that worked for me. Um, I made a lot of money between those months based on nothing. Like, on... I started out with like $400 and I turned that into a lot. And all, it, all I was doing was buying options close to the money. The strike price was close to the money. I was buying extra time, probably like an extra two days. Um, never same day expiry until I started losing money and desperation and everything else. Same day per year, they're going to lose mostly every single time. It's no good, man. Uh, but it's hard to stay away from sometimes. It's hard to stay away from, for sure. It's too tempting, and that's the discipline and greed, everything else, and factor it in whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Buy two extra days. If you can't buy two extra days, buy just an extra day. Never same day. If you can't afford to buy anything but same day, then just wait until you can afford to buy more time, really. That's key to all of this. You can't just buy same, it's not gonna work. Day trading like that will not work for you. And if it does, show me how to do it, please. I need to know, I want to know. Um, in my opinion, same day expiry will never work if you're trying to day trade, so. There's that, buy extra time, spend the extra, extra money, and don't be greedy, <laughs> that's it. You have to learn how to read charts a little bit. You have to be able to anticipate things. I would say a line chart, a line, not using candles. Um, for day trading, I use both, line and candles, but to actually time things a little bit better, I would say put it in a line. 
go back and look at past behavior, see if there's any similar, uh, yeah, similar behavior in the past, and base it off of that. I would say a lot of times if something looks too tempting, like it looks too good to be true or, or looks perfect, a perfect short by puts here, oh, by, by calls here, it looks perfect, wait an extra 15 or 20 minutes and it'll be even more perfect. Other than that, buy options, execute. Buy the option when you know you need to, when the iron's hot. And don't tell yourself that it's gonna be different this time and let it just sit there. The second you're green for an amount of money that is suitable for you, I don't put a percentage on it and I don't put a, a price or a value on it. It's when it's green, you time it right and it's green, take it. At that nightmare job, I was making an hourly wage and it was a shitty one. So I based my threshold on that hourly wage. I said the second that it's over this number, cut it, take it. That's like an hour's worth of work at a nightmare job that you hate. So do that. And it got to the point where I was so good at doing that that I was making the most money I've ever made in my life. When I was at my brother's wedding, you know, I, was, I was listening to those retired professionals talk. The one that looked like Randy Quaid, he's like, yeah, he's a CEO. He's probably gonna be making about 250 a year. And like my heart dropped. And I was like, nobody makes that much money. Nobody, nobody makes that much. He's making it up. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm making this much an hour and he's talking about his son, who's younger than I am, just became CEO of a company and he's making 200, you know, at least 250 maybe, or maybe 180,000, whatever. More money than I need, more money than I could use. But <clears throat> I was like, no one makes that much money. That's not possible. Well, uh, sure enough, there are a few weeks there where I was on par to make more than that. Mathematically, it was impossible for me to not make more than that if I just kept doing what I was doing. And I was like, holy shit, people can make that much and even more than that. 